0: How are you guys doing? Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show.
1: Sounds like a typical bastard. So we got the one here, right the
2: other. What's going on in Nick Wilson's mind?
1: My mind is a raging torrent flooded with rivulets of thought.
2: You're about to
0: find out. Mm-hmm. Look who knows so much. Nick Wilson is on now.
2: Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. It is the noon hour on the Nick Wilson Show, the lunchtime hour. I just had some cucumbers and ranch, and I'm feeling good. Uh, if you missed any of the first two hours of the show, including Braden Gall stopping by, Beth Troutman once again, almost ending the show. Uh, my initial salvos in the thought about Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. WFNZ.com for the full bit. Bits, hours, and interviews. We got five questions coming up in 40 minutes. Joe Person, the Panthers athletic reporter, the Athletics Panther reporter, if I can get that out, coming up in about 20 minutes. We'll ask why now for the Baker Mayfield trade and how legitimate he thinks the quarterback competition in Carolina is. I don't think it's much of a competition. One, on a very real level, Baker Mayfield is a lot better than Sam Darnold. Two, uh, the reality is Matt Rule would have to be patently stupid to start Sam Darnold week one against Cleveland. We've done that. We've seen how that works out. Yes, the context has gotten better around the quarterback, but better context around the quarterback doesn't make up for the fact that the quarterback stinks. Please see Teddy Bridgewater in Denver last year. Please see Sam Darnold last year in Carolina. The, the situation wasn't perfect. It was better than what he had for three years in New York. He was still stink on crap. But I think we need to address the bridge to nowhere. I have heard this this philosophy. Baker Mayfield is just a bridge quarterback. In, in effect, guys, early on the show I said one of the ways this can be really uh, successful is if he stabilizes Carolina. It's funny to me that, you know, in this binary way we think about quarterbacks, in the way the NFL thinks about quarterbacks, it's if you can't win a Super Bowl with that quarterback definitively, then he sucks. The reality is, that's just not how it works. Kirk Cousins is a guy that you can trust to start for your team for five to ten years. You're probably not winning a Super Bowl, but you can win games with him. Ryan Tannehill. He's a really nice player. I don't I don't think he's a franchise quarterback per se. He's just under the cut for that. But he's a guy you can win a lot of games with. There is value to that in the NFL. And that's where I put value. Uh or that's where I put the value for Baker Mayfield. I think sometimes we get so skill or so individual trait and seduced by the sexiness of Josh Allen's arm, or the athleticism of Deshaun Watson, or the uh, unrivaled guile of Tom Brady. And those things are all crucially important, by the way. To be a franchise quarterback, you have to have at least one elite trait. And I think too many people have looked at Baker and said, well, he doesn't have one elite trait, so he must suck. I disagree. I think something you guys are going to see, I think Baker's arm, if it's not elite, it's somewhere in there. It's it's just under elite. Uh, I think Baker's... I think some of Baker's decision-making, when he trusts... I don't think Baker has had problems last year with turning the ball over because of decision-making issues. Two years ago, when he trusted his team, Baker Mayfield threw seven interceptions in 16 games. I think Baker Mayfield's one of the rare gunslingers that, that isn't going to turn the ball over a lot. Last year... I don't think he trusted his coach. I don't think he trusted the play calling. There were a lot of head scratching play calling issues in in Cleveland with Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt. And then he there was nothing he could trust offensively. Nick Chubb missed a game or two. Kareem Hunt missed half the season. Odell Beckham Jr. was basically doing everything he could to be out of Cleveland. I don't think Baker was put in a position to succeed last year in Cleveland. Two years ago, he was. Two years ago, was damn near ideal. I don't think this situation is as ideal as two years ago in Cleveland was for Baker. But I think too many people have said everything has to be perfect for him to succeed. And I think that's negating how much Baker succeeded in an awful situation in Cleveland. I think there's a good chance Baker is a bridge quarterback, but nobody has defined what that bridge is. I'll, I'm going to get this right out here. If Baker Mayfield wins this year, Baker Mayfield is not a bridge to next year with Matt Corral. Because if Baker wins this year, that means Matt uh, Matt Rule is getting another contract. That may, Or Matt Rule is getting a fourth year in Carolina. If you finally get stability, if you're Matt Rule as a head coach, you're not going to destabilize it by going from the guy who you trusted to win games this year to a guy who still hasn't done diddly squat in the NFL. We need to get it out of our heads. Right now, this insanity of Matt Corral, this overinflation of the value of Matt Corral, he might be somebody one day. He's got to prove it on the field first. And the only way that's going to come is by injury or if he he outworks Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold, and earns the job. That's a lot of ifs, guys, considering that I can give you a litany of late third-round pick quarterbacks who've done diddly squat in the NFL. I don't think, right as of today, we should only think of Baker as a bridge to next year. If that bridge gets extended... If we're bringing out those uh, construction cranes in uptown Charlotte for this to extend the bridge further, that's about Baker Mayfield coming out, staying healthy, winning games. But I don't think like to you to those of you saying, well, "Well, we'll have him for one year and we'll we'll look at the quarterback position next year." If you're a real Panthers fan, I don't think that's what you're rooting for. It's okay to have a quarterback to bridge you to something significant. Alex Smith was one of the best bridge quarterbacks we've seen in NFL history. He showed up in 2013 for pretty respectable value. I think it was a third-round pick he got traded for. He started for five or six years. They made the playoffs all but one of those years. And uh, three or four years in... They found a guy that they thought they could win a uh, win a Super Bowl with, traded it up for, let him sit on the bench and successfully and peacefully hand it off to Pat Mahomes a year later. That's about as good. If we're talking if Baker really is a bridge quarterback, and I don't know definitively. It's what we should assume he is until he proves otherwise. But a successful bridge quarterback that we have been a lot of this is the fault in thinking of the NFL media, who pushes these crackerjack narratives, and who 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 submit to groupthink and, and perception constantly. Baker Mayfield, and I, I said it early on the show, Baker Mayfield is behind the perceptional eight ball, but make no mistake about it, he's still one of the 16 best quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's conservatively saying he's still one of the 16 best quarterbacks in the NFL. But he, he doesn't kiss that ass of the media. He doesn't, he doesn't butter up and say all the right things that make us feel safe and warm in our cozy beds because we need our quarterback to feel safe. No, I need a quarterback that's going to win games. Baker Mayfield did the one thing that very few quarterbacks in Cleveland did. He won a playoff game. The first playoff win since 1995. The first road playoff win since Bill Belichick and Bernie Kosar roamed the sidelines for the Cleveland Browns. That's what this is about. That and only that. Baker's future contract, guys, if Baker is successful this year, look at Ryan Tannehill's contract he got after taking over halfway through the season for for the Tennessee Titans and leading them to the NFC title game. That wasn't $50 million a year. That contract was outside the top five in quarterback money. You, you don't want Baker Mayfield to ball out and then the Panthers to balk at paying him. They, one year is probably not enough unless he just opened up the heavens and suddenly tr- and really proved that he can be a franchise quarterback this year, which is a lot to ask for a guy that has three weeks to get ready before training camp. But the best thing to happen to the Panthers is that we get late into this next season, and we all know it is a no-brainer that Baker Mayfield is the at least intermediate future quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. So this nebulous, this nondescript, generalized idea of Baker as the bridge quarterback, guys, that literally means nothing. I'll ask you. If Baker is a bridge quarterback, the bridge to where? Because this whole nonsense about he's the bridge to Matt Corral, that could happen. But we also need to face the fact that that's probably not the most likely thing to happen. I chose a different way. I, I said earlier, Baker Mayfield's going to stabilize the Carolina Panthers. Because that's what he did in Cleveland as a rookie with... Ended up having four head coaches, four play callers, two separate GMs, and a partridge in a pear tree. Baker Mayfield, inside three years, had the Cleveland Browns a moribund franchise. He had them in the playoffs without their head coach in Pittsburgh in a rival town. In the rival town. The team that had beat that ass in Cleveland for 20 years. And Baker Mayfield got a road playoff win with the special teams head coach as the interim head coach. He stabilized the Cleveland Browns. He got them, as a matter of fact, he got them to a point where they could look around and say, the only thing we need left is a franchise quarterback. And so they traded for Deshaun Watson. That's the great hope. If the Panthers move on from Baker in the near future, A successful bridge quarterback isn't just he starts for a season. It's he helps you win building a program so that at some point in the near future, you can chase a franchise quarterback. It's okay if the Panthers are mid for a little bit before they start chasing that franchise quarterback. And oh, by the way, guys, Baker Mayfield was still the number one pick in the NFL draft four years ago. Baker Mayfield has still been the third best quarterback from that class, of which we've got two NFL MVP candidate players, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, drafted in the same draft. So if you want to call him, I'm not in no way will I be offended by saying that Baker Mayfield is a bridge quarterback, but I want you to define the bridge to where the bridge to free agency next year. That's a bridge to nowhere. The bridge to, well, if we get the 19th pick, maybe we'll take a quarterback. That's a bridge to nowhere. The bridge to Matt Corral, not if he's a good quarterback. I get it. He's, he doesn't appear to be a franchise quarterback today. He's still a good enough quarterback, and that's really all the Panthers need right now. Matt Rule's career in the NFL needs stabilized. Stabilized. The Panthers, who've won 10 games in two years under Matt Rule, that was good enough to get Joe Judge fired in New York. We talk a lot about Sam Darnold's contract being the only reason Sam Darnold is still in Carolina. I'm pretty sure if Matt Rule was making a rookie NFL head coach, former offensive coordinator at uh, New York Giants kind of money, Matt Rule probably would have already been fired by Dave Tepper. His money saved him. Now Baker Mayfield can save him. 704-570-9610, 704 570 9610. If Baker is a bridge quarterback, where is that bridge leading to? Joe Person, the Athletics Panthers reporter, joins us next to fill us in. And why now on the Baker deal on Sports Radio 927 FNC? <laughs> Radio 92.7 FNC, the Nick Wilson Show, coming up in 20 minutes. We got the five questions, my five burning questions for the day, but it is Baker Mayfield day. Joe Person, Panthers beat reporter for the Athletic, just tweeting out, Baker Mayfield uh, scheduled to arrive in Charlotte mid to late afternoon for his physical, assuming no snags. He'll sign his reworked contract with the Panthers afterwards, no immediate plans for a press conference, can I just tell you? I'll pick him up. All right, I'll pick him up. We'll either uh, stop by Bohangles. He's coming for the—he's coming. It's a long flight from the, the Bahamas. I've never made it, so I'm just suggesting. But it is a long, long trip from the Bahamas. Baker and Emily Mayfield, they're going to be hungry. So I'll, we'll either pop them by Bohangles, and we'll introduce him right out of the gate to the UVA. Or maybe maybe a little uh, bossy, Beulahs after the physical. Once you get weighed in, maybe we'll go a little two scoops. I'm just saying, I'm the right guy. I I I'm I also came from Cleveland four years earlier, but I can show them the ropes here in Carolina. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That should be the name of the show. I'm just saying. In the meantime, to go ahead and get the. Uh, The complete and total view on this, because I have homered about Baker Mayfield for all three hours of this show, an unbiased, a fine journalist is what he is, Panthers beat reporter for the athletic Joe Person on the guest line. What's up, buddy?
0: What's happening, man? I'm just hearing you driving that uh, the Baker Entourage.
2: Good work. Ooh, I like. You know, we go to the bandwagon thing too much uh, in sports. So the Baker Baker Entourage. I'll be his turtle. I-, I can be turtle from Entourage. I don't know if you remember that. Right? I don't know if you watch Entourage, but I'll just throw it. I can be turtle. I can drive a car.
0: Oh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent mini-series, man. Or or whatever. Not a mini-series. Excellent series. And uh, yeah, I I could see you stepping right into that role.
2: And I kind of look like a bodyguard, so not a lot of people are going to mess with him there. I look like an offensive lineman, too. I'm just... There's a lot of reason this makes sense. So... I think on the field, off the field, there was a lot of reasons this made sense as well, being Baker Mayfield being traded for uh, a a future fourth or fifth round pick and $5 million, basically. But why why now? Why did this deal finally make sense for all parties?
0: Well, listen, I mean, David Tepper is a a shrewd, ruthless, you, you might say, negotiator. And he was not about paying more than he had to for a, a, a guy that he, did, you know, kind of saw as a depressed asset, you know, there Cleveland didn't have much in the way of leverage. I think they tried to drum some up with, with, you know, talk and wrote various reports about the Seahawks. But I think you and I both know Seattle was never all that interested. And so in David Tepper, I mean, look, as I say, we've seen what he's done at Rock Hill. And I think, I think he kind of drew a line in the sand with with fitter and rule who i think would have done the deal you know in in april or may or june uh but but he wanted it at his price and uh it, you know i think finally the panthers gave a little at the end uh obviously baker had to, to chip in with taking a pay cut and uh and the browns had, had to come off their number uh the Panthers, I think, were absolutely. I'm not saying they wanted to roll into this week one with with Sam Darnold as just the starter, but I, I don't. I don't. They were certainly not going to overpay, and I think they ended up getting a pretty good deal as you look at this.
2: So I will. I'll then kind of go where this is going to go. There have been a lot of reports about uh, Baker Mayfield versus Sam Darnold versus Matt Corral quarterback competition. Do you think that's a real thing, or is this a layup for Baker?
0: I think that the Panthers are going to certainly present it as such. And I think the feeling is Baker is going to win the job. But, you know, if they hold on to Sam, which they uh, are, I've been told, are planning to do. And, you know, that could change if somebody, a quarterback gets hurt in training camp elsewhere. But, you know, Darnold had a good spring. Uh, all that. And although we always, we, we just about after every OTA practice, we heard that rule sort of couch it by saying, yeah, let's wait till the pads come on. And this was just a, you know, a shorts and helmets practice in May or in June. So yeah, I think, I think they're going to present it as an open competition. And sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, I think they'll go into it. It'll, you know, help. Uh, Darnell might even get the first snaps. <laughs> uh, for the first couple days in Spartanburg. But but I think most folks are assuming in the organization that, that uh Baker will win the job.
2: Joe, the meltdown I'm gonna have if Sam Darnold gets first team reps uh, first couple days in Spartanburg. It's it's the only thing hotter is going to be Spartanburg in late July and early That's August. Good. Joe Person of the Athletic on the guest line here breaking down the Baker Mayfield Uh, move. In terms of the situation Baker's walking to around him, do you think he, whether it's the timing uh, being traded for on July 6th or the actual situation that he's walking into on the field, talent perspective, coaching uh, perspective, how does this compare against maybe the situation Teddy Bridgewater walked into, or maybe Cam Newton walked into and what ultimately ended up being his final year in Carolina?
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I don't think there's any question that the offensive line is better. Uh, Baker Mayfield will will walk into a good situation uh, where protection is concerned, with with the caveat that, that, and you and I have talked about this, that Icky Aquanu will have growing pains at left tackle. It's just, that's just the nature of that beast. Um, it's a good roster. It's a top-ten defense. Um, their weapon on, weapons on offense particularly if they keep christian McCaffrey healthy um so yeah I, I I think it's a good situation for Baker I think Baker may feel feels good that he, even though he had to to give up some money which listen no player wants to do that and i think I think that that he was a little chapped about that, but ultimately he felt like. He felt wanted here. You know, like, listen, it, he, we, we know how public he was with his displeasure and feeling dissed in, in Cleveland with Deshaun and all that. So the, the fact that there wasn't a whole bunch, I, I mean, a, a bunch of the teams had already figured out quarterback. I understand the timing of that. But the fact that there weren't a bunch of folks lined up, uh, I think made him at least feel pretty good that the Panthers did, dating all the way back uh, leading up to and including draft weekend it's shown the most interest and genuine interest
2: did the panthers give Baker mayfield enough time to to learn the offense and and have a chance to succeed in carolina this year
0: yeah, I mean, well it's a, absolutely a valid question and and one I asked Matt rule that question, uh, back before minicamp, that if you, cause, you know, we couldn't had to kind of couch it or else there'd be tampering accusations. But if you go acquire a veteran quarterback, but you don't do it until sometime in July before camp, is that enough time? And he said, yes, he thought it was six weeks in Spartanburg, well, not six weeks in Spartanburg, but six weeks of, of training camp, preseason joint practices in New New England before week one. Uh, Baker has, you know, two and a half weeks before training camp where they can uh, give them the the playbook, um, can get them in the system, can get, you know, I I reported yesterday that he is supposed to, uh, or at least talking about getting the uh, offensive playmakers, offensive skill position guys together for some sort of passing camp or mini camp you know a couple of days like a lot of these guys do and like what i've been told that baker did that in cleveland too so i don't know that that's been set up yet i mean haven't hasn't even taken his physical yet
2: but, Will sam darnold getting it yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a
0: lot to learn right like <laughs> i mean we, we heard all spring that that's what what darnold and matt corral were trying to do with the ben mcadoo offense so it won't be easy but i think it could be done
2: Joe uh looking to the locker room side of things Robbie Anderson had his Instagram comment uh sorry which then he answered to during many camps which felt like a big old non answer I'll ask you how, have you heard how this move has been received in the locker room
0: Not really a lot of these guys are gone so it's not you know it's it's tough getting a hold of a bunch of guys this time of year which as you alluded to is sort of why Baker is kind of flying in and flying out uh, without without a press conference but um, you know it's it, it, it's certainly a, a, a question worth asking um, I, I, Baker would rub people the wrong way at times in Cleveland with his you know arrogance his swagger whatever you want to say I don't think every teammate loved that you know it, it's that's just sort of that that that's sort of par for the course right i mean i don't think cam newton i don't think I, think I don't think every all 53 guys in the locker room you know loved the way he conducted himself day in and day out although worth pointing out his cam 2.0 his second stint you heard a lot more talk about maturity and heck, cam said that himself so yeah i mean I think, I think Robbie, if he gets invited or can go to that mini camp, if there is one—not the mini camp, but a little passing uh, soirée—you know—they they need to have their kumbaya moment and get on the same page. It's, it's not, as you know, it's not like Robbie and Sam Darnold were exactly on the same page uh, last season uh, as well.
2: Given what he was acquired for, given the the tenuous situation in the organization where do you set the bar for the success for this trade?
0: Well, in terms of what do I think that does it mean anymore in the, in the win and lo, win loss cut?
2: Co- no, no. So in, in yeah. a year's time, if you and I are sitting around talking and saying this deal was a success, what is that? What is the bar for that look like?
0: I think it's gotta be a playoff team. I mean, otherwise you're just sort of, you know, even if you get in a wild card and, you know, lose the first round, did you really accomplish that much? Maybe. I mean, it, David Tepper hadn't been to the playoffs since he fought the team. They haven't won a playoff game since 2015. You know, it's, it, you start teetering on irrelevancy. And, and frankly, that's where the Panthers have been with this all the Christian McCaffrey injuries. They were relevant for a couple weeks when they re-signed Cam last year, and, and he did that. That did his thing in Arizona, but by and large, it's sort of been the NFL abyss here in Charlotte, which is why, by the way, they're playing, you know, fifteen or excuse me, sixteen non-prime-time games this this season, barring any any flex. So, yeah, I. I but but all that said, so, so yeah, I think I think if, if Baker gets his nine wins the 10 wins it's you know first of all Matt rules thankful uh and but but if it's you know it's short of that then it's sort of like mm, okay you know it, you kind of it's sort of Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Darnold and and uh and uh and now add to the list Baker Mayfield
2: Follow this man on the Twitters uh, at Joseph Person. Check out all of his analysis of the Baker Mayfield trade uh, on the Athletic. Joe, you are the best, buddy. You, you, I'm sure you would rather be doing just about anything on July 7th, but you, yeah, you agreed during the dog days of summer to join us. We appreciate you, buddy. You got it, man. Have a good week. Good stuff. Joe Person there uh, on the guest line. Good week to you as well, Joe. It's going to be interesting. I I believe it's what uh, Joe said as part of his analysis. It it could be a short stay for Baker. could be a long stay. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be good interesting. Good interesting is also what uh, the five burning questions are, and we give them to you next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Sports Radio, 92.7 FNZ, Dimitri Ravanos. Uh, Barrett Sports Media joins us in about 40 minutes to talk about why he thinks the ACC is screwed. God, it's Baker Mayfield Day. Uh, Baker, Emily, uh, Baker's Camp, if you're listening, I get off at 2. I, my PhD meeting is until later this evening, so I got time to kill. I can drive you around. I know where B of A is. I, if they want Cookout, I can take them to Cookout. If they want Bojangles, I can take them to Bojangles. If they want Bossy Beulahs, I can take them to Bossy Beulahs. I'm just offering my services. And if you're hearing, if you feel like I'm saying Baker Mayfield is Pat Mahomes, you're not listening. He's just good enough. I'll take good enough after two years. uh, Actually, no, more than that. Four years of not good enough. Cam Newton, the final seven games of 2018 was not good enough. Not his fault, but not good enough. Kyle Allen, Will Greer, Taylor Heineke, uh, uh, the the homeless guy off the Minton-Moorhead Bridge who came in and had to play a quarter for the Panthers, not good enough. Teddy Bridgewater, not good enough. And by the way, we knew this, uh, Sam Darnold, absolutely not good enough. And we knew this heading into every one of those situations. I'm, I'm content for now with good enough. In the meantime, let's get to it. These five questions are good enough. You can react to them, at Nick Wilson says, on Instagram. Just reply to my story. Hit me up in my DMs. Or, at Nick Wilson says, on the old Twitter machine, uh, I have retweeted it. Itty bitty fitty uh, is welcome in on this segment. So, my first question, uh, the weirdest follow I have is Harvey Winkler. Uh, and again, that is the Fonz. That is Coach Klein, Mr. Coach Klein, from uh, from Waterboy. And he just seems like the sweetest older man in the history. It feels, it feels like it could be my grandpa. And the other day, he had like a picture. Every once in a while, he'll just have a picture of like a fish that he caught. And he just looks so happy and proud. And it just makes me ridiculously happy to see Henry Winkler. I think I said Harvey Winkler. It's Henry Winkler happy. So... Itty-bitty-fitty. What B-list, C-list, D-list celebrity do you
1: unconditionally love? So since you had to list it alphabetically. There you go. Yeah, Yeah, there it is. You know, so I can't go Jennifer Aniston. Can't even go Scarlett Johansson. So I had to rethink my answer to this question. Leah Remini from King of Queens? Now or Leah Remini 20 years ago? No, 20 years ago. Now, not attractive. Uh Patricia Heaton Mm -hmm. from Everybody Loves Raymond. And I found her oddly attractive (laughs) in the middle. Like,
2: because she was supposed to be not. They tried to make her as unattractive as possible. And that that actually says a lot about you that that was when you were like, she is so hot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me, it's Henry Winkler. Uh, There are just certain people. That's a man. Well, well, no, it's unconditionally love. I didn't say I want to sleep with Henry Winkler. I didn't say...
1: Oh, I, I thought, well, originally the question was crush. I didn't know we had changed the, the, the word to love.
2: Well, then you should probably listen to the show or read the show sheet. <laughs> and also, I even told you in the pre-show meeting, so it just got stuck in the dome there about celebrities you wanted to nail. So is there anybody that you don't have sexual feelings for that you'd like to, to say your unconditional celebrity love for? No. No, I every woman
1: that I I listed out, I have sexual feelings for right. in some
2: capacity. All right, number four. Uh, <laughs> what? Ath- uh, this is in honor of a bunch of dopes on Twitter being like, uh, "Kenneth Lofton Jr. is the new Zach Randolph. They're both fat and shoot left-handed. It's one friggin' summer league summer league game, bro." So, in my criticism of them, I am offering up you to the altar of the sports gods. What athlete do you regret hyping? Every Knicks pick of my lifetime? Yeah, that's fair. And see, growing up in Cleveland, I could give you, I could write a novel Uh, on athletes I regret hyping. Oh, Johnny Manziel. I
1: thought thought the night the Browns drafted Johnny, Mm -hmm. he was going to be a bigger deal in Cleveland than LeBron was.
2: (laughs) Uh, Okay, the reaction to him at the, it was pretty outsized and ridiculous. So that's honestly not an awful take, but it just made me laugh because there were people who literally thought that. Uh, who was the guy I said earlier? Was there a Hornet? Oh, it's going to really piss me off. I mean, most Hornets second-round picks, I could just say, since I've been here. Uh, wasn't yours, uh, was it Vernon Carey? No, no, no. That was uh, uh, Colin uh, Hoggard. Uh, you, you said Noah Vonley? Noah Vonleh or Noah Vonla, depending on where you're from. Um, um. I feel like there are more Panthers players. Like, the f- the first two years I was here, when we thought they were going to be good, and then they... cam's injuries just uh bushwhacked him you didn't buy into the kyle allen hunt because i did i I
1: thought the panthers could win a division
2: title with kyle allen on the record somewhere there is me saying guys it's only been two games as i was shouted down by my then co-host and everybody that worked on the show you just don't like the panthers what are you talking about it's two games and he was undrafted and he didn't even play at texas a&m in houston Ooh, Taylor D. saying Evan Gaddis. Yeah, if you get me a fat, unathletic first baseman who looks like he should hit 40 home runs, I've probably pimped them. Dan Vogelbach. The way that I rode and died for Dan Vogelbach, and, like, he's hitting 179 in Pittsburgh. The other day, he hit, like, a 450-foot home run, and I was like finally come together he's the
1: he's the fattest guy i've ever seen in, in, in baseball that wasn't bartolo Colon.
2: uh justin saying uh bruce uh, st carlton mitchell that was a cleveland browns uh pick there kate saying michael conforto uh, michael conforto's actually a good baseball Whoa, player okay we got to
1: be yeah because look he was really really important in that 15 run and injuries have derailed his career
2: uh so we continue on with our five key questions here uh, this is an honor of Thor: Love and Thunder being in movie theaters tonight, and I'm—I've been so good on the diet. I don't—I don't want to be around the temptation that is uh, the sugary temptation and the buttery uh, temptation that is movie theaters. But I'm really—I'm really thinking about going to see the movie. Which Disney franchise is your favorite? That can be either Marvel, Star Wars. Or it can be individual franchises as well.
1: So, like, the nerd in me had to make sure we clarify that the first six Star Wars do not belong to to
2: Disney. Oh, and they do, by the way.
1: Um, but in this, because we we make the rules up as we go on radio, they don't. <laughs> it It has to be Marvel because what you're seeing Star Wars and all these other entities do is a direct reflection of what Marvel's created. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest universe we've ever seen on film.
2: Okay, it's the most expansive. There's some. There's some stink in Marvel. Like what? What have? What have they done that does not? Black Widow's not great. Um, the first two Avengers films aren't great. Whoa, the no, first no. Avengers is the best Avengers. No, no, it's not. They they got a lot better. Infinity War and Endgame are really, really good. Endgame the first- is highly overrated. A- Age of Age of Ultron, by goma to you. Age of Ultron is it's better than trash. Endgame. Is trash. Oh, by the way, uh, the third Iron Man. or sorry, the second Iron Man. Not great. Whoa! Uh, the second Thor. Not great. I'm just bringing the facts, and you're just going, "Oh, <laughs> I'm sound effects going, Ah, um, Ooh. man, I'm so friggin' torn on this, because the reality is, my favorite app is Disney. Yep. Because everything they've done in the Star Wars universe, I I like, outside of the prequels and certain parts of. The 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 third set of sequels Like I just I, Marvel there's a lot that I love in Marvel Thor Ragnarok's the best Marvel movie to me Um I guess I'll go Marvel But it's like 1A 1B with Star Wars Alright we'll continue on With the five key questions here Or five burning questions however I'm I'm saying it uh two Who wins week one Browns or Panthers
1: I thought it was the Panthers with Sam Darnold I'm not changing my opinion now With Baker Mayfield
2: yeah, until we hear Deshaun Watson's playing week one, I'll be saying it's going to be the the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I, if, if, if Deshaun Watson plays eight or more games this year, I think the Browns have a real chance of going to the playoffs. If he plays less than eight games, I think the Browns are going to... I think it's going to be really tough for the Browns to stand out. Mm. I would be shocked if they didn't have... A top 14 pick, which, of course, goes to uh, the Houston Texans as part of the Deshaun Watson deal here. Uh, Big Cat Dan saying Pablo Sandoval is his uh, athlete you regret hyping. Is it because you hyped him too late? Because once everybody got on uh, the fat panda bandwagon is when he fell off and got even fatter as, uh, as the fat panda bandwagon. Uh, Lenny from the block saying Randolph Keys as his his athlete he regrets hyping, uh, and then he said uh, the Browns are going to win week one. Kate saying the Panthers and why is this even a question? And uh, then Justin, who is a Cleveland fan by the way, saying the Panthers. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Panthers there winning week one until we see what happens with the Sean Watson. All right, final question. It is Thirsty Thursday. When I look at the national calendar days, it literally says Thirsty Thursday on a list of national and individual holidays. So it's Thirsty Thursday. What is your alcoholic beverage of choice? My beer
1: is White Zombie from Catawba Brewing Company. Uh And I love, and this is going to come across as white trash. I'm a fireball guy. (laughs) You
2: give me those. Do you put put the song on that, that mentions fireball in it? No. You don't? No. You're not trashy enough to me. If if you're gonna be trashy, go all trash. All right. Go straight up Oscar the Grouch. Don't half-ass trash. That's what I say. What about you? Um, I have a lot of. So it really depends on the moment. I really like um, Magic Hat Number Nine is one of my favorite beers, and I haven't had it. I don't know if they have it down here, uh, but I love Magic Hat Number Nine. Um, I love pretty much any amber ale. Elliot Ness from Great Lakes Brewing Company's pretty damn good. But I'm—I've become more of a cocktail and hard liquor guy. So my drink of recent choice has either been Seven and Sevens, which was my night papa's favorite uh, cocktail uh, fifty years ago, and that's probably the last time anybody who wasn't Nick Wilson drank a Seven and Seven, uh, or I've just been on a White Russians kick. Man, I make a really mean apple pie cocktail, but that's kind of a nick wilson specific drink so i'll say white russians have been like for like three or four straight years it's a go-to never lets me down i know how to mix it in a way that i like it so i'll probably go white russians if we're just going to go hard liquor there so the five questions here what b-list celebrity do you unconditionally love what athlete do you regret hyping which disney franchise is your favorite who wins week one Panthers or the Browns, and what is your alcoholic beverage of choice in honor of Thirsty Thursday? And we gotta get into not just who wins week one, but who starts week one on Sports Radio ninety-two seven FNZ.